music takes you into a zone. There's no question about it, especially anointed music. Amen? Leslie, thank you, sweetheart. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I've kind of come to, I mentioned this before, that I've come to a place of resolve that if we spend the rest of the year on this subject of love, the greatest of all, but it's directly connected with the calling that you and I have as sons and daughters of God, as ambassadors of the Most High God. One of the challenges that I think with the Christian church, with the body of Christ is faith, the issue of faith, and believing what God says about us, it's a great challenge. We saw that in a couple of weeks ago, that it's a challenge to believe what God says about us. It's also sometimes a greater challenge on who he says we are. It's a challenge in the in our human nature. It's a challenge uh, in possibly our unrenewed minds. But part of the way you and I come to faith and to who we are because of whose we are is by the washing of regeneration. Titus three five says that our we are washed with the water of the word. And Romans twelve one and two. Paul addressed it. We're going to get to Ephesians 2.8. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? So the importance of the word of God cannot be overemphasized. It can't be under, you know, it can't be under, we can never underestimate it. I'm looking for the words because lawyers always have a good way of asking you if you're testifying or giving a deposition. They said, whatever you do, do not exaggerate and do not minimize. Amen? So you and I need to never minimize the importance of the word of God. And as we were taking communion, I was thinking about manna. Jesus, in John chapter 6, he did a teaching on, and he was relating to the religious leaders and the followers. There's apparently a pretty good multitude. And he was talking about the, the, super, the spiritual bread that came from heaven while they were in the wilderness, the people of Israel. Amen? Amen? Every day, manna was supernaturally supplied to give them food. And here Jesus said, I am the bread of life from heaven. I, the word, am the bread of life. I am your sustenance. I am your sustenance. That's what Jesus was saying. Without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Amen. So for anybody in here from this day forward, and I'm sure you've heard it, regardless of where you've attended church. If you haven't, that, that would be a real sad fact. <laughs> you can never buy into the lie you don't have time to, work, to study. You don't have time to read the Word of God. That is right out of the pit of hell, and it's a lie from, from hell itself. No, the truth of the matter is, you lack discipline in your life, if that's you today. And you, have a, you, you struggle with ordering your day. You have the dog, the tail wagging the dog. You have the car before the horse. You don't understand something. You can't, af you can't afford to not eat the word of God. And I said this at our table the other night, and there was a discipline, and I'm saying, yay, right. There's a discipline I put in my life as an insurance policy that I would eat the word of God. And that was this. I will not eat physical food until I eat spiritual food. 98% of the time it works. I've had times where, whoops, you know, <laughs> Lord, all that is within me, bless your holy name. 
<laughs> but as a discipline, and it took it took a while to build that into my life. But when I got it in place, it helped me pr- keep my priorities. The order, the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. But guess what? We 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 have something to do with the, His steps being ordered in our life. Amen. I can't, we can't overemphasize the importance of reading the Bible every day and studying the Bible. Amen. So in this hour, how many believe we're in the last days? Let me see your hand if you believe that we're really, the clock's ticking. This world is going to, to quote ACDC, a band from the past. The world's on a highway to hell with the pedal to the metal. Bible prophecies come in the past. And you and I are called to be light in the earth. You and I, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said it to his followers. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Amen. And it's time for you and I to be real salty. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, it's time for us to be salty. Go ahead. By faith. I just ask you to cooperate by faith. It's time for us to be, Dennis, it's time for us to be salty, bro. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Every message is going to have to do with you being the ambassador and going, dialing it back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul said, any man found in Christ is a new creation, a kinos creation. And in the Greek, it means a species that never existed before. That even though we're eternal beings, until we gave our heart to Christ and Christ came into us, just as we talked about this, and this is for mature audiences only, when sperm meets the egg and it's fertilized, the power of God comes into there and a spirit is placed within that seed. Hallelujah. When you and I said, Jesus, come into my heart, the power of God came in and we are born of his seed. Peter said, you know, we're born of an incorruptible seed, the living, abiding word of God. Just think about this now because the life is in the seed. The DNA is in the seed. I mean, the, 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 the egg and the woman fashions, the body is fashioned for that spirit being cooperatively with the, the, the sperm. Amen. It's just not, it's just real. That's just the real deal. Say real deal. In Ephesians 2, 8, and it's difficult just to pick this up, but we're going to pick it up here. And we all know this. Paul, read the chapter to get the context of it. But this is the essence of it. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. Let's, verse 9, please, Joshua. Not of works, lest anyone can boast. I am so glad about that. How about you? Read verse 10 together, shall we? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what's he saying? I grew up in a denomination where uh, works, we believe that works helped us gain favor with God. Amen? Well, this is diametrically opposed to our ideology. This is saying, no, works don't have a thing to do with your salvation. They're the fruit of salvation. Amen? Amen? So the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth are realized through Jesus Christ. This is in the grace and truth realm. Back to verse 10. This is in the grace and truth realm, right? Say, I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. It was mentioned at the table the other night that Peter said about it in the book of Acts. He said, you know of Jesus of Nazareth. How he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. How the Holy Ghost had anointed him with power. And he went about doing good. Amen. So what what did Jesus do? He went about doing good works. Amen. 
Oh, Carol Annie. I need this thing to cooperate. Yes, dear. Okay. I'm good. Back to verse 8. What message do you carry to a lost and dying world? I had all my notes on my computer, and I went to open it up to refresh and everything else. It says, this file cannot be found. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What? I've been studying this thing, and for months I've been working on this, and we're just continuing to feast on it. And I'm like, are you serious? So I found it on my phone, and I sent it to Carol. This is it. Correct. So I don't want the screen to disappear. Yes, I want to continue. Well, if you're finished, I want you to sit down. <laughs> so let's look at this. <laughs> Say family church. <laughs> For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. What is the gift here? Anybody know what the gift of God is here? It, it is Jesus who lives in us. The gift that Paul's talking about here is the righteousness of God himself. The righteousness of God imputed into you and I through that new birth and that living word. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What's the gift? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We were who were unrighteous, are now made the righteousness of God, Paul talked about. Amen? Say, good gift. Tell your neighbor, that's a good gift. So you and I have not only something to convey and share with the lost and with our family members. Anybody want your family to go to heaven? How about your neighbors? <clears throat> we have not only something to give them, we have someone to give them. We have good news. Everybody in here has good news to give. Are we good? Okay, thank you, bud. Go to Second Peter 3, 9 with me. Again, love the greatest of all. At our table the other night, we were, there's two things that I think are very important in Christianity that you and I need to measure ourselves with. Two things, motive and method. Why, why do you do what you do? Why do we do what we do? Amen? Why do we say what we say? There's a motive behind it. Method, how we do what we say. Amen? How we do and communicate is important. The actions you and I put to work to, to affirm the truth of Scripture, to affirm that we are citizens of heaven. Our families are looking at us, guys. Our neighbors looking, are looking. Your neighbors are looking at your life. They're watching. Come on. Say, that's good preaching, Pastor. Your neighbor is watching your life. If you have a testimony that you are a Christian, and if you are a born-again Christian, you are marked. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You are most wanted. Did you ever see those posters? <laughs> most wanted in the annals of health. Carmen did a video years ago, and it was amazing. He said, in this video, they portrayed Satan. They had all these characters made up as demons and all that. It was great. But it was about revival. And he began to show what happens in hell when Christians begin to pray. There's like explosions in hell. <laughs> and the demons are getting freaked out. Satan, what is that? It's those Christians, sir. 
<laughs> Anybody see that thing? That, that flick? It's great. It's a great thing. What's happening up there? What is this? It's those holy Pentecostals up there doing those Christian dances, sir. They're praying. What are they, what are they doing? They're praying for revival. <laughs> Things are blowing up in hell. Because Christians, I mean, it's a great thing. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's portraying something. I heard this. And we really need to be aware of this. We have an enemy. And so I think sometimes we just, we just are living our daily life just thinking that, you know, well, we have the armor of God. Praise God. Psalm 91, Psalm 23. Get that, in, get that into your spirit. Amen. He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. Glory to God. We will say of the Lord, he is our refuge and our fortress. He's our God in whom we trust. Amen. Hallelujah. We love to quote that. No pestilence shall come near our tent. A thousand may fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Do you believe that? Do we really believe that? Twelve years ago, that right now in September, 12 years ago, see, 12 years ago, the Holy Spirit in the middle of the service said, from this day forward, and he, he had to use an, you know, I mean, we, we could look for the thunder like John when Jesus got baptized. This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. But God uses people to speak through, and he uses you. And he happened to use, it came out of my my vessel came out of my mouth, but the Lord said this, from this day forward, you are to pray and decree Psalm 91 and Psalm 23 every day over your family and this congregation. He wasn't just saying it to me. He was saying that it was an assignment to everyone that in that room that day that heard it. And we began to see the fruit of it with supernatural deliverances. Amen. Accidents. Uh, Nancy over here got rear-ended that week, and it was just fresh, say fresh, fresh manna. God spoke. The saints took it, and they began to pray. And maybe they hadn't been doing it before that day, but they began to pray Psalm 91 and pray 23 over their family. And if I remember correctly, Nancy was working at the post office, and she had forgot to pray. I think you were doing it during lunchtime. And she prayed that Friday, said, Lord, you know, I, I, I believe what was spoken. And she, she prayed it. That night, it was rainy. She's driving down the road, and a couple teenagers rear-ended her. You were stopped at red light, right? Rear-ended her, and it was one of the smaller Jeeps. Somehow, say somehow, she prayed and decreed. She believed. She received it. Come on. Nancy, I just need you to tell because I don't want to. Men have facts. Women have details. So that Friday, um, I remember that we were supposed to be declaring this. So I started that um, day at lunchtime. And that night I, um, I was coming home. I was. Two minutes from my house, I was stopped at a red light, and I heard I heard um, a loud noise, and I turned around to see what it was. I did not feel anything. Here, a car had rear-ended me, and I didn't even feel it. My car was lifted straight up, not going forward and up, but straight up. I ended up on top of the car in front of me, and the teenagers that hit me from behind, they were fine. They went to the hospital, but nobody was um, hurt. Where were your rear wheels? Well, the car turned, and it looked like I was coming almost from the other direction. Like, my car went up and turned. And um, I was speaking to the woman whose car I ended up on top of. And another miracle is 
her children were supposed to be with her and they decided to stay home, my car would have been on top of them. So um, I just thank God for it. And the next day I was reading and I'm saying, God, why, why did this happen? Yeah, like all of a sudden, like I'm thinking, well, I better make a chiropractor appointment because my neck's going to start bothering me and all. And then I'm thinking, I don't even feel it. Because like I said, I didn't even know I was hit. I turned around to see what the commotion was. <laughs> and um, like God just showed me that um, it's a testimony to them. And I even, he prompted me to even write them letters and explaining my testimony. And um, I just thank God for his angels and his protecting. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for that. She didn't even feel it, guys. She took the word and she applied it. Amen? You. you can bring that down a little bit. Boy, that's loud. Second Peter 3, 9, Josh. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. So what, do, what word do you and I carry in the arsenal of our heart? Read it together with me, please. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So you and I are carriers of good news. The Holy Spirit really highlighted 2 Corinthians that you are ambassadors for Christ. Say, I am an ambassador for Christ. I believe you. God believes it. God says that about you and I. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. All right, so what's that mean? I need a title. I, I really feel important if I had a title. You're an ambassador for Christ. Well, couldn't I be one of the fivefold? You're an ambassador for Christ. A highest ranking official sent from one nation to another to represent it. Come on. We need our thinking renovated. We need our thinking to be not stinking. Oh, I'd feel important if I had a position, if I had a title, glory to God. We have one. Sons of God. How about that? How about a disciple of Jesus? Is that a good title? Yeah. Hey, is it? Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah, that's a good title. Ambassador of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Pastor, you already covered this. Do you believe it? Do you act like it? Do we act like it? If we had, you know, Carol and I were talking the other, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge him, we pray Ephesians 1 prayers. Lord, we pray that Paul prayed it for the church. I pray that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And that spirit of wisdom and revelation would help them to comprehend the calling of God. Amen. The glory of his, the, the inheritance. The glory of the inheritance of the saints of light. What have we inherited as sons and daughters of God? Come on. Come on. Do we understand what we have inherited in Christ? Peter and I were talking yesterday, and he was commenting about 1 Peter 2, 20 and 27. Paul says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Glory to God. That's a good inheritance as a result of the born-again seed. The anointing. Amen? It also says you don't need to let anyone teach you because of that anointing. 
Well, it's not a contradiction. Some people could say, and the argument is, well, I don't need to be taught because the Holy Spirit alone is going to teach me. No, that's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying. It's saying the Holy, Holy Spirit is the one that brings the revelation. It is through the Spirit's light, through his anointing, that he grants you and I a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And because of the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that's why Paul's praying it for the church. So that the spirit of God would give you and I a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Why? So we only know him. Yes, but we can know who we are. We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know who we are in Christ. We can quote it. Yes, I am in Christ. We are in, we are in Christ. But what does it mean? It's not just a position. How many like the word authority? Don't lie. I know every one of us like the word authority. Amen. Authority. But I, I was meditating on this on the weekend too. Authority appeals to human nature. It does. Come on. Come on. You too. Come on. <laughs> Be honest with me, guys. Amen me at least. Amen. But in the kingdom, authority is married to responsibility. You can't have one without the other. I'd rather say I'm responsible for this, and God's given me the authority to do it. How about you? How about you? We have authority to cast out demons. We have authority, according to Luke ten nineteen, over all the power of the enemy. Say all. All. Say all. All the power of the enemy. That's what Jesus said. Now, your life may not feel like you've had all authority over the enemy, but why? Why hasn't that been our experience? To, have, to know, and not just know it, to enforce it. To enforce the reality that... All the power of the enemy is defeated in him. That there's nothing I can't face and win. Glory to God. Now, there might be a struggle, amen, to get to that victory, to see the, the, the outcome. But if I don't do, if there's not a fight involved, come on. It's a good fight of faith. Because if God said it, that settles it. And we need to believe it. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. How long have you been praying for your family? Immediate? Extended? Those who are upline in your family tree? Parents? Grandparents? And out of your loins and your offspring, your biological seed. See, I see the cross every time I'm praying for a family tree. I see the cross when I'm standing as a patriarch for a family tree. I am in him. He is in me. You are in him. He is in you. Amen. Where do you think the Lord's heart was? Wasn't it real crossed right here in this intersection as he hung on that tree? We have authority over all the power of the enemy. And, it, hey, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm not talking about things that, that aren't real things that factor into our, to our soul realm and to the emotions. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realizes a tree of life. Amen? But if we stand in faith and don't grow weary in well-doing, amen, as a patriarch, I make a declaration. Heart to heart with God, believing what he has said, that if I decree a thing, Job twenty-two twenty-eight, it will be established and light will shine on that way. That's an absolute promise from God Almighty. Well, it's my responsibility to believe it and to speak it. Hallelujah. Lord, according to Acts 16, 31, I'm going somewhere with this. You'll get your ham and eggs in a little bit. 
According to Acts 16.31, Father, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in your household. I believe for my household to get born again. For my spouse, my children, my my grandchildren, and now great-grandson. Come on. I'm standing for them. So I am standing for the children that Carol and I have begot out of love and fruitfulness. Amen? So that comes right down here onto our offspring and to our seed for three and four generations. Decree it, and it will be established. There might be a fight. Guess what? Like Carol said, if the devil can't get you or your marriage, he's going to go for your kids. He's going to try to. Come on. And if he can't get them, he'll go for your grandkids. Why? He doesn't want the blessing of God to go to the third and fourth generation. The Bible says that I will visit the iniquity of fathers to the third and fourth generation. We see a repetitive um, mention of that by the Lord in Scripture. Amen? So if there's a curse that comes with generational curses and family trees, well, that wasn't God's intent. The reason there's a curse is because of the fall. What is the ideal plan of God? The blessing for three and four generations to unto a thousand. But it's a fight because we lost. But now that you're saved, you've been washed in the blood. You're a brand new creation. Hallelujah. Amen. The gift of God, his righteousness has been imputed into our spirits. Hallelujah. We're a new creation. Ah! And we didn't earn it. It don't get any better than this. Now I can pray. As a patriarch and a son, I can pray up line. Ow. I forgot the thorns were on there. I can pray up line for parents or grandparents if they're living. Amen. Now, think about this. I can pray for offspring or for siblings. For, for in our case, I pray for the three Shannons. My sister's gone. She went home to be with the Lord. But I still pray for her husband and their family. For salvation. So I'm covering every sibling on the Shannon side. For all the bombs, all 15 others of Carol's family. Them, their spouses, and their seed for three and four generations. What's happening here? There's an authority being enforced in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's faith being exerted. Come on, somebody. But there's a fight, bless God. I am fighting, and we fight for our kids' salvation. I don't want one of them to burn in hell. Not one grandchild burning in hell. Come on, hallelujah. That great-grandson, bless God, he ain't going to go there either. Amen? Lord's not slack concerning his promise of some kind. I didn't know it was going to go this way. But is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. So, what's going on up here? What's going on up here? I did this at a men's group, but standing for your family tree, standing for your neighborhood. How many in here ever prayer walked? Start prayer walking in your immediate location. Begin to walk the streets and pray in the spirit. Father, we claim this. I claim my street. What is the street you live on? I claim the poems on this in this neighborhood for the Lord Jesus Christ. I, Lord, your word says the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. If perhaps they should see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. I command that veil to be removed from their souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, in our neighborhood, there started to be happening. Marriages were going south. Couples were getting separated, divorced. Guess what? Duh. Does you, do you need a heavy revy from God to understand what's going on in the spirit? Hey! Open your ears. Open your eyes. Hear, hear, you can hear it in society. You can hear the cry. You can hear the needs. And what are you going to do about it? You're a governor in the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God. You guys have dominion. Shaka. What did God say? What's his intention for you and I today? 
Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. That doesn't sound like a private. Bless God, you're an ambassador of the Most High God. You have authority from heaven backing you up. You and I. Amen. I'm not hollering at you. <sighs> what happened when we pray? Folks started getting saved. Oh, when we began the prayer walk, bless God, guess what? People began to, marriages were getting healed. They began to ask for Bible studies. They began to ask, like, hey, could you, can, can we talk? Hallelujah. It's not, it may not be every situation, but you know what? One marriage is worth it. Hallelujah. Guess what? You're sowing seed. You're sowing seed when you prayer walk. You begin to bind the power of the devil. Lord, I claim them for the kingdom of God. I believe for their salvation. I command the devil to take his, the veil off their eyes so they can see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I bind that devil in the name of Jesus. I cover my neighborhood with the blood of God. It, it don't happen unless somebody speaks. How will they know unless someone preaches? Well, come on, man. Hallelujah. Men and wives, husbands and wives, but men take the initiative. As a patriarch, married to a matriarch, one called alongside, not lesser, not a smaller species, not a second-class citizen, made in the same image of God. Amen. You stand there and you begin to pray the word of God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you that Acts 16.31 says, if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I would be saved in my house. Glory. Thank you that Proverbs 11.21b says, the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. Satan, get your hand off of my kids. Get your hand off my spouse. Get your hand off our grandkids in the name of Jesus. Because the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. I command them to be delivered from your kingdom. From your demonic influence in Jesus' name. Come on. Malachi 2.15. Another prep declaration. Why did God make them one in the book of Malachi? Because he desires, seeks and desires godly offspring. I decree as a patriarch, my offspring and our offspring... Are godly. And I name them one after another. Boom, 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 boom. Our godly offspring. Them, their spouses and their seed for three and four generations. Hallelujah. I'm not a big shot. I'm just, I, I got a, the Lord began to grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation on how to see this done. Do I see it in the natural? No. It's not happening in the natural. It seems like things aren't even moving that way with some of them. I can't be moved by what I see. I can't be moved by what I'm hearing. I've got to be moved by what I believe. If God said it, that settles it. Go to Isaiah real quick. Hallelujah. Isaiah. This will bless you. Now, there's a, a great apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, who was coined for saying, I'm not moved by what I believe. I'm not moved. By, I'm sorry. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I am only moved by what I believe. And truly, that was his experience. It didn't happen. He didn't just take a pill and it happened. He meditated on the word of God day and night. He began to apply the admonition and instruction of the Lord to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Meditate on my word day and night. Come on. Amen. <clears throat> Do not fear or be dismayed, Joshua. Dear God. Anybody ever felt dismayed? Just be real. Has anybody's hope been deferred? Yes. That doesn't mean you're out of faith. It just means that hope is at a low. When David was threatened by the 400 and the enemy had came and taken all the stuff and their women and their children, they wanted to kill him. The one that's been leading them for a while. 
kind of sounds familiar on occasion. First message Jesus preached, they want to throw him off a cliff. Read the word. Well, Jesus, that was a real good message. We're so excited that you fulfilled Isaiah. Let's show you a long view over the cliff here. We want to show you some rocks below. Uh, we're for Isaiah 11. <clears throat> and we'll close here today. I, I, I want to I'm gonna enjoy the holiday like you do. Isaiah 11. This is concerning the promise of the Father, the Messiah through David's lineage. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Speaking of the Messiah. Look what happens with Jesus. I need that up there, Josh. Isaiah 11, verse 2. Look at this if you don't have your Bible. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. (laughs) Glory to God. Lord, grant unto us in this room a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yeah. Which one's that be? Okay, I will in a second. Okay, you want to read that before this? I'll read it. I'll read it real fast. Um, Ephesians 1, verse 17. Don't go there, Josh. Stay where you're at. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Mm. Hallelujah. That's the amp. Every time we're in the word, expect it. Amen. So this is regarding the Christ. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. So why is Paul praying that in Ephesians chapter one? Because we have the mind of Christ, he said in first Corinthians two. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But you have the mind of Christ. Where is the mind of Christ? It's in the seed we're born of. But it's directly connected to the a measure of the word we have in our heart. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, all this, all this say this is in Jesus. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Let's read this together again, collectively, and I'll get you out of here. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, before we go on, I want you to read this. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon me. Read it and personalize it. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon me. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Next verse, Joshi. Together. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Then John picks it up in the New Testament. As he is, so are we... In this world. See, God doesn't have a problem getting you to be transformed into the image of Christ. But he has a process. There's a process for you and I to be transformed into the image of Christ. 
It's through the knowledge of the word, the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. It's the whole package. But if you have the spirit only, you blow up. If you have the word only, you dry up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you grow up. Now, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Now, we, this is a challenge for you and I. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. You and I are standing in faith. We begin to pray and decree for our family salvation, for our neighbor's salvation, for the opportunities on a daily basis to share Christ. And maybe those things don't happen or we're not seeing it on our timetable. But guess what? In God, there's eternity. If our family members are still breathing, there's time. Hallelujah. But I want them to experience all God has for them. They can in an instant. (laughs) Say the realm of I am. In God's realm, the realm of I am, there's no time. So Bible says, and Paul says it, and well, actually, they don't, they're not sure if it was Paul or Apollos that wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, faith is. Now, faith is. So through the washing of our minds with the word of God, for being our minds being transformed by the word of God, this begins to happen. It doesn't matter what I see or don't see in the natural. It doesn't matter what I'm hearing. How about the lifestyle of your kids, choices they've made, grandkids? Come on. I'm just telling you from experience. It can mess with your box if you let it. But if you hold fast to the promise, so shall his word be that came forth from his mouth. It will not return void, but it will accomplish the thing to which he sends it. And if, as he is, so are we in the world. You get the promise in your heart and you get it out of your mouth. You just don't meditate on it. You say it. You say it and you speak it and you decree it. Because what happens by default, faith begins to grow. Faith doesn't, it comes by hearing, but it grows by doing, saints. A lot of Christians are walking around with a lot of knowledge, but they're not doing anything with it. We are kingdom governors. God's intent in the beginning was to give mankind rule and reign in the earth. All of mankind, not over one another, but over every situation they would face. Dear God, it's his government. So, next verse. But with righteousness, you have been saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves, let anyone boast. It is the gift of God. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. And with righteousness, you and I judge the poor. Hallelujah. Say, say authority. Responsibility. Every one of us in here have a responsibility to judge the poor. That doesn't mean in a condense anyway. That means make right judgments on their behalf. Come on. Make right judgments on their behalf. And decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips slay the wicked. The breath of his lips. We started the Saturate campaign, and I want to tell you something. It's like the Holy Spirit's breathing fresh wind back into us. You know why? Because there's nothing like missions with the heart of God. There's nothing like evangelism. <sighs> it gets creative juices of flowing. I mean, every person that has contributed and helped, we had, if you haven't done it yet, you need to get out. Make an effort. You get on the team, the prep team. I mean, it's every foot soldiers have been taking the, the door hangers out and it's been amazing. 2,700 homes, uh, the apartments, some, only a few of them, because a lot of them have, you know, the security issues, 2,700 homes. They say the average home has at least 2.5 people in it. 
So over 5,000 potential souls are receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. And maybe some of them are saved. Some of them are saved. Amen? But how many? Is one soul worth all the effort? If all the angels in heaven rejoice above, rejoice when a soul saved. This effort, glory to God. Margaret, don't tell me your middle name's Mary. Okay. Because Margaret Mary equals Peggy. <laughs> yeah. What big? Are you ready to go home? No. What are you saying? What do you got? I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it home. Help me get, get me back. The, the cool thing with the saturate from the prayer walking uh, back 20, 30, 40, whatever years that you guys had began with the prayer walking in the around in the neighborhood. Part of the families that were touched through prayer, beginning in prayer and God drawing them to receive uh just yeah for for god to receive uh or give to them impartation um just the word the spirit their um their uh fat their um marriage was touched and in the process now hindsight 30 almost 40 years later we come across the family yesterday in the process where dad had uh was going up to give the uh door hanger onto the one of the the houses and here the family lived there did you know they, they lived in that neighborhood and and i don't know i don't know how it all unfolded but got to see them again and just the blessing them touching them with with the truth the gospel that was one of the marriages i would say yes Yes. And so here, this is it, what's cool is the, the cool thing is it's like God in the process, whether you know them or not, God's going to bring you across the path of the person that you need to touch with the love of God. Amen. And this is all important with getting the gospel and just going and just extending the hand and the heart of God through us to, to the lost and dying world. Hallelujah. Amen. <sighs> Father, we praise you. Let's stand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Oh, they did. <laughs> Lord, in Jesus' name. We've asked you to write the script. Father, I'm confident that you have. And collectively, by faith, 